Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve sallallahu ve barakal aşrafu anbiya ve mursalin. Nebiyyina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve sellem. Ama ba'd. Alhamdülillah this lesson today inshallah will be uh, one which is shorter than normal. As it revolves around the salah which is referred to as salat al-khawf. Ay the salah of fear. And due to the fact, <coughs> the reason why this will be shorter is due to the fact that Salat al-Khawf, the Salat of fear is يعني, prayed in a particular way and it has a particular sifa. And that's uh, يعني, essentially how the beginning and the end of the of the rest of the. Um, And Salat al-Khawf essentially is the Salat that is performed whilst the person is travelling from whilst the person is uh, in the state of war whilst the person is in the state of war and if for example the people are in a, in war are at war the Muslims are at war and from the intelligence that they have is that the the adu the enemy is far away naam and there's no there's no harm generally essentially in no imminent harm imminent harm to them it's just that they're in a state of war then they will perform the salah as they will perform any salah naam however if it's a scenario where they know that the enemy is approaching, they know the enemy is approaching, then the salah is performed in a particular manner. Now the salah is performed in a particular manner. What this generally indicates as well, Barakallahu Fikum, is the fact that if the individual is performing the salah and is upon to perform the salah even in a state of fear, this is a clear indication of the importance of Iqamat al-Salah and the importance of a person establishing the prayer at any time, even if there are enemies in front of them. And so, when you put this into perspective and you hear people say that I find it difficult to pray because my work schedule doesn't allow for it or I feel I feel find it difficult to pray because... You know, and if, if for the men they may say I have a work schedule or I find it difficult to pray, the women may say because I have the children to look after and it becomes difficult upon me. You put it in perspective and you compare it to the situation here where they're at war and there's a threat to life. And still, even in this scenario, the salah is obligated for them to perform. So the salah is obligatory for them to perform. Allah Ta'ala A'lam And so Ibn Qudama Rahimahullah He begins by mentioning وَتَجُوذُ الصَّلَاةِ الْخَوْفِ عَلَى كُلِّ صِفَةٍ صَلَّاهَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم. And so It is permissible To perform the Salat al-Khawf In a manner in which The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم Performed it in every manner the Prophet ﷺ performed it. 
And the reason why Ibn Qadamah here mentions I in every manner that he alayhi salatu wasalam, performed it is as mentioned by Imam Ahmed that Saha and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam khamsas or ojin or sit. So Imam Ahmed mentions that the Salatul Khawf, there are five different ways, Imam Ahmed mentions there are five or six different ways that it's been authentic, if authenticated that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam prayed it. And all of them that have been narrated from him, والسلام, are permissible to pray. I, every manner in which he prayed it, all of them are permissible to establish the salah in that way. And so thus, Ibn Qudamah goes on to mention the mukhtar, the best of those ways to establish that prayer from them. And this is understood from the hadith in which the Prophet sallallahu the hadith which is found in Bukhari Muslim. And this is the hadith narrated by Salih ibn Khawat. Hadith of Salih ibn Khawat. And he mentioned, and he mentioned that he prayed the Salat al-Khawf with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yawm al-dhata and he goes on to mention and the Ta'ifah So you find that there is one group that is praying, that is a one group prayed with the Prophet. So essentially, they have the jama'ah. Naam. And then the jama'ah is split into two. One group is praying and establishing a salah with the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. So, Mephalan, here's the example of this masjid. If one group is praying, then they'll, of course they'll be facing this way, the Qibla. And if the enemy is coming from the opposite direction, so he's coming from Direction of Salford, Naam, then another another group will be facing that way. So they split into two. Thereafter, he goes on to mention, And so the group that was with him, he prayed with them one raka'ah. Now he prays to them Ram Rakah. Thumma thabata qa'ima wa atamu li anfusihim. And then the second group, so the first group rather, they all stand up together. However, that first group complete the salah by themselves. The first group complete the salah by themselves. فَمَنْ صَرَفُ وَصَفُوا وَجُوهُ الْعَدُو And then they leave the salah, so they complete the salah by themselves, and they leave the salah and begin to face the enemy. So that's all pertaining to which group? Which you described? The one, the first group, the one praying with the Prophet وَجَاءَ طَائِفَةُ الْأُخْرَى 
فصلى بهم ركعة التي بقيت من صلاتي. And then you have the second group that come, and then they then they pray the remaining raka'ah with the imam. In this case, they pray the remaining raka'ah with the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. ثُمَّ ثَبَتَ جَالِسَ وَأَتَمُّ لِأَنفُسِهِمْ ثُمَّ سَلَّمْ بِهِمْ يعني, you have the second group. The Imam, the Prophet Sallallahu at the end of this rakat, what does he do? It's his second rakat, so what does he do? He'll be sitting. Naam. He's not going to stand up again. He doesn't stand up again, alayhi salatu So he'll be sitting. So the group behind him, which rakat is it for them? Their first. So then what is upon them is that they complete their second. Naam. They complete their second and then they complete the taslim with the imam. Does that make sense? So again, you have two groups. The first group prays with the imam. One rock out of the imam. The second group faces the enemy. Once they complete that one rakah of the Imam, the Imam stands up in order to start the his second rakah. However, the second group, they do what? They finish the salah by themselves. And then once they finish the salah by themselves, then they do what? They begin to face the enemy. The second group that's facing the enemy, what do they do? They join the salah with the Imam. Naam the second joins the salah with the Imam. As they pray, one rakah of the Imam, at the end of the Imam's rakah, the Imam is going to do what? He's going to stand up again? So he's going to wait for them how? Sitting. So the Imam will be sitting, waiting for the, the second group to complete their second rakah. And then he will complete the taslim with the second group. Make sense? Jay. And so, what does this indicate as well? What does this tell us about the Salat al Khawf? This description? It's shortened. Naam. So the Salat al Khawf is shortened to two rakah. The Salat al Khawf is shortened to two rakah. Yani. And this is no doubt in relation to the raka'at where you can shorten. So, the, or the salawat where you can shorten. So, we're talking about Salat al Dhuhr, Salat al Asr, and Salat al Isha. That if a person is praying Salat al Khawf, then they shorten. And likewise, now, so this is a particular narration mentions that it's Mutafakan Ali. Likewise, we have the statement of Abu Khattab. Where it mentions, or now the statement found, Ibn Khattab mentioned the statement in uh, in his book, Al-Mughni. 
that in order to pray in this particular way, I pray, establish a prayer in this particular way, then what is upon the individual is that they must be, the, adhu, the, the enemy must be facing يعني, the other direction. So the enemy must be coming from the, other, the direction other than the Qibla. And so if the enemy is coming in that direction, then in that scenario, then they can face Allah Ta'ala's best. Now, thereafter, Ibn Qudama, Rahimahullah, he goes into mission. When he stood the khawf, sallu rijalan or rukbana ila al kibla, ila aghayriha. And so, if now the khawf, the fear, is a fear that is increased, it's even more severe, the fear. Then, in this scenario, Barakallahu Fikum, they may pray whilst standing, maybe standing. Naam, or they may pray sitting upon the riding beast. Irrespective of the direction. So in this in this scenario, it's not upon them to face the Qibla. So when there is severe fear, naam, then he fa- they will face the direction of the enemy. They'll face the direction of the enemy. And how do they pray in this regard? So if they're praying, but they have to remain standing because they're facing the enemy. Or they're praying and they, uh, they're praying and then they have to uh, sit, remain sitting on the riding beast. They're, they're riding on the horse, for example. How do they fulfill this? How do they do it? Now, now, the exact same way. So, in relation to this, if the person is on the riding beast, if the person is upon the riding beast, and they um, they are facing the enemy, they're directly facing the enemy, then in this scenario. They will lower the head slightly for Rukur and then lower it even further for the Sajda. Now lower the head for Rukur and lower it further for the Sajda. And Ibn Khadam goes on to mention finally as well. وكذلك كل خائف على نفسه يصلي على حسب على حسب حاله ويفعل كل ما يحتاج إلى فعله من حرب أو غيره. And so every any individual that has that fear, then 
by fearing himself whilst praying, then he prays in accordance with that scenario. So he prays in accordance with the, the condition that he finds himself in. If he finds himself in, in a scenario where there is severe fear, then he establishes the prayer, as we mentioned, while still standing. Because he has to be aware that the enemy is approaching. Again, this is a clear, this is a clear indication of the importance of salah and establishing the salah. The fact that they establish the salah even if the enemy is approaching. It's just that the manner in which the salah is established is different. Naam, and it's for the maslaha. It's for the, the, the general benefit of the one that is establishing that prayer. However, if now the individual is aware that there's the en- the enemy is close by, but it's not that they're not there's not direct the direct fact that they're facing the enemy. Then in this scenario, in this scenario, they pray, as you mentioned previously, dividing the jama'ah into two. Now I'm dividing the Jama'ah into two. And thus, in this, scenario, in this scenario, they establish the prayer with the Raka'atain, if that makes sense. With the Raka'atain. And if the person has to flee due to the circumstance, then, of course, he has the ability to do so. He has the ability to leave the prayer. And this is due to the fact that this is a scenario of durura. It's a scenario of yani, uh, uh, necessity. And what some of the Ahlul they they term durura to be, or they give the definition of durura, a particular necessity, is when if you do not do a particular action, the person faces halak or mashabah dalik. I, by not doing a particular action, the person faces any destruction or something that is comparable to that. And it's important to know that, and it's important to recognize the, the, the reality of a dorora, the reality of what is a necessity. Why? Because you may find that an individual, you may find that an individual may do a particular action, banan ala qawli dorora. So they do a particular action and they base and they base that action upon what they term to be Dorora. What they term to be a necessity. However, it's not really a necessity. It's not something that uh, may cause a destruction or cause severe mashakka any hardship to an individual. Or other than that. And so an example of that generally that is given. When we, talk, when we turn to Dorora and where the ahkam change for the Dorora is if the person was, for example, starving. Now the person is starving and he needs to eat something. Then if this is the scenario and there's nothing else for him to eat except for that which is haram, generally for him to eat, then he may eat from that due to the fact that this is a scenario of Dorora, necessity. So, however, that which you take from the necessity is only in order to fulfill that need. So, so for example, the person eats from that which is haram in order for him to 
يعني maintain or maintain living essentially. نعم. So he'll eat maybe a small amount from that. He doesn't keep going and keep going and keep going. Says, "Wow, so I might have started. I've started. I might as well finish it." Mefelen. Now, rather, he takes from it that which he needs. Likewise, going back to the example here of the salat al khawf, the darora is in in relation to the fact that they're facing the enemy, and they may be in direct battle with the enemy. And the reality of the way that the battles occur and war occurs is that there may be ups and downs. It may be you may be in a scenario or there a point there may be a point in time where it intensifies. And so if it intensifies, then you pray in a particular way. Naam. Or if it intensifies, you may have to leave that salah. Naam. But it doesn't now mean that you could that for the rea- for the remainder of the time that you're in the, the the war scenario, that you pray in the same way. Because now it may not be a dorora for you to pray in, in that way for the whole time. For the whole duration. Does that make sense? And so the asal, no doubt, is that when a person prays, they do not leave the salah. But when a person prays, they do not leave the salah. To the extent that some Ahlul Ilm, they mention, that if a person is praying, when you are speaking with shaitan, the wiswas of shaitan comes to him. And so due to the wiswas, he thinks maybe he's broken his wudu. So he leaves the salah to go make wudu again. What's the ruling of that? No, but I'm saying this scenario, he left. In Saraf. It's not correct. What's the ruling? Sahih. That's the... You shouldn't leave. That doesn't remove certainty. These are all adilla. What's the hukum? What's the what's the, that you you brought the adilla for the hukum? What's the hukum? It's haram. It's haram. Why? Because as mentioned, the, the narration mentions that the person Nabi mentions for the person sorry He does not depart. Yani, until he hears or he hears the, the sound or he smells. Meaning that the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he mentions a direct nahi, a direct prohibition. The person does not leave. So it's a direct prohibition. So if the person now opposes this prohibition of the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and so, this is what we understand in relation to generally the person leaving the salah. We're talking about the salah, yani, no doubt the, the, the faridah, the obligatory prayer. But the person cannot just leave the obligatory prayer for no reason. Or for due to shak, or due to the wasawis. The person, if he leaves the salah, has to leave the salah due to a reason that is thabit. For example... If the person uh, is in the salah and doubt comes to him in relation to whether he made whether he made wudu or not, he remembers using the toilet, 
but he doesn't re- recollect making wudu. What does he do? No. So he, so in this scenario, he remembers going to the toilet, but he can't exactly remember if he made wudu. Which is? So if he feels he has wuzzle. We're saying in this scenario, he doesn't remember making wuzzle. He remembers using the toilet. So he went to the toilet and then he came out and then he got distracted. Let's say for then distracted. <laughs> for example. <laughs> Someone started talking to him. He has to. He has to go make wudu. Nah, because that which he knows he did was break the wudu. I used the toilet. That which he's unsure of is the fact that he purified himself. Nah. And so with that, he has to make wudu. Likewise, the opposite of that as well. So, he knows he's made wudu. So maybe he made wudu in the morning. He remembers making wudu in the morning. But it's Luha time now and he can't remember. Did he use the toilet or not? Did he break wind or not? He can't remember. Exactly. Is it a salah? Does he leave the salah? No, because he cannot you don't leave it based upon shak. The reason we mention all of this, or all of these points here, is due to the fact that the affair of leaving the salah is one which is shadid, yani one which carries great weight. And if the person is in a scenario of khawf, yani fear, then he ha- and is severe fear, yani the enemy is directly in front of him. So upon him at this point is to defend himself. Then in this scenario, he has the ability to defend himself and repel the harm of the enemy. And so it's not a scenario where he says, no, no, I still need to pray the salah. No, he's able to leave the salah. However, generally speaking, the person should not leave that prayer. Now, once he, once he begins the prayer, he's made takbir to ihram, he should not leave the prayer. Wallahu ta'ala, a'lam. And so this, alhamdulillah, explains yani, just, some, just, uh, just one wajh, one manner in which the salat al-khawf is prayed. And why do you think that Ibn Qadama didn't mention all of them? I, as Imam Ahmad, he mentions there's five or six ways to pray the Salat of Khawf which are correct. Why does he only mention one and does not mention all of them? No, it's a concise book. So the reality of this book is it's concise, it's, it's to lay out some of the ahkam first and foremost, and it isn't to bring every single mas'ala in every single chapter. The intent is that the person understands, يعني, that they suffer from salat al-khawf, and this is one of the ways that you can pray it. And this is when you would pray it. Naam. And likewise, you'll find this with other rulings as well. Hence why uh, some of the scholars, they mention that this is a book that the one that is studying fiqh, and he's a beginner studying fiqh, 
you should study for always to begin and study Alhamdulillah Fiqh. You should begin with this book and try to memorize it as well. Wallahu a'lam. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, this, uh, these points, this concludes the discussion around Salat al-Khawf. And in our next lesson, Ibnillahi Ta'ala, we'll go on to discuss the Salat al-Jum'ah and some of the ahkam rulings revolving around Salat al-Jum'ah. Wallahu Ta'ala, A'lam. Is that you can you can uh, you can combine between the salawat. Of course, it all depends on again the hal, the hal of the of the pe- of the jama'a in in uh, that particular war. Now it could be in a war or it could be in a battle, but what is the what is the the, sh- the shiddah that they're in? Is it a scenario where they uh, they're directly facing the enemy? Or is it one where the enemy is further away? Then it all depends upon that as well. And what happens if the time is short and it's getting to the end of that time? Mm-hmm. But in a state where they have to fight. Then th- that takes precedence. That takes precedence to fight and uh, defend oneself. And um, of course, not. Um, uh, to not essentially not be killed, if 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 they, if it's an issue of life and death, 
And of course, the the the, the ahkam change when it comes to life and death, and and they will pray afterwards. Hence, why you see, for example, from the conditions of the salah, is yani is tikbal the kibla, that you face the kibla. But if now the 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 jamaah is faced with an enemy, that uh, that condition is no longer yani relevant, and so they can pray without that condition present. Likewise. Um, if <coughs> they're facing the enemy from the conditions of the salah, is the cool and at the time the salah has entered. But if they're in a scenario where they are directly facing the enemy, then that condition again is no longer relevant. You can do now. So all of these things is due to the the the, the rora, Then. If they have to, then they can make tayammu, mafala. Now, and this is even the case with, for example, uh, if now a person is is needs to pray, and the salah time is coming out. It's not war, just normally. He needs to pray. The salah time is coming out, and he cannot find any water. Now, then due to the necessity of the scenario, now and that will take and that will take and what takes precedence that he prays in the time. He can make tayammu. No. Now in this scenario, then it's uh, the Dorora is it depends upon again the how far away they are, how much the en- the enemy is there. But if it's a case of the enemy's in- the, the the danger is imminent, then you perform the tayammu. No. Again, even if the for example the scenario where the salah time is about to come out, there's no water, and for whatever reason you don't have anything to make tayammum with, then you perform the salah. Nah, because that takes precedence. So that's if that's just if that's not even war. That's just if the slaughter time is going to come up. So what about now you're in war, nah, Then you don't bring a, additional hardship upon upon oneself by saying I have to perform the, the ghusl. Well, that's what could happen if the first person performing the ghusl and then the enemy comes upon them. We had to be there. No. No, no, sorry. Definitely. Brother's asking about if someone's ill, is sick, and 
he has water in the house, but due to his illness, he's not able to get to the water. But he's able to make tayammum. Then does he, is it still a problem to make wudu? And there's no one to help him, there's no one to bring the water through him as well. In this scenario, then upon, he, he makes, he makes tayammum. Because it's as if, even though the water is there in the house, it's as if the water isn't in the house. Because he's not able to get the water. So, it will take, not, even though the water is not necessarily ma'adum, uh, it's not necessarily not present, the reality is it takes the, real, the ruling of it not being present because he can't, he doesn't have the ability to get that water. And there's no one available for him at that time to get the water. And it can happen. For example, a person may have water, but are not able to reach it. And anyone that is able to reach it for them, for example, they're not available at that particular point in time. Maybe they're out of the house. Or maybe the person lives by themselves and it's the, the waqt al-fajr. Now, for example, if a person has a carer, but the carer comes at particular hours, the carer may not be there at the time where they need the, the person to bring the water. But uh, also with the scenario, the person, if they know that they're going to be, they're going to be in a scenario like this, then they should always prepare for that as well. so he prepares for that. So if now, for example, he knows it's going to be in that scenario where he's going to be by himself, then of course he has to prepare for that and ask us to bring them the water so that he can make wudu from that water when he does wake up. Well, was asking in terms of the clarifying how the Tiyamu is performed. We mentioned, inshallah, we did this before. We did this in the Kitab of Tahara, how the Tiyamu was done. But inshallah, we can repeat it when we manasa, inshallah. Um, now, now we'll, we'll go through another, another, another occasion, inshallah. Now, exactly next one. So one rakah I was done with one group, and then they complete by themselves. Yeah, so that's the first group, right? Yes, so the imam is obviously the imam is praying one salah. The imam prays one salah, and he's got two groups: group one, group two. Call them. Group one prays the first rakah with the imam, whilst group two are facing the enemy. Group one, when the imam stands up, they stand up as well. Because they're both in the second rakah. However, group one, they pray uh, by themselves. Each becomes an individual salah. Whilst group two joins the imam. So, so 
as 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 group one are leaving the salah, group two join the salah. Now, so it's it's almost like a crossover. So, at this point now, group one, generally speaking, they have finished the salah by themselves, and now they're facing the enemy. Whilst group two are standing with the imam and they pray the second rakat with the imam, like the imam second rakat. However, that's group two's first rakat. Now, then group two, once once the imam's sitting, group two, they need to stand up again and they pray by themselves. And then they sit down to complete the second rakat with the imam. The imam stood up there, all of it, yeah. So not maybe not as soon as because because there's the, yeah. So as they finish one by one, then they they will start joining. Now, but then they won't complete the salah until the imam has completed the salah. So. He will prolong the standing, essentially the imam prolong the standing and prolong the sitting to accommodate for that group. Because he needs to accommodate for that group once they join, start to join. Now, so that when they're starting to join, the second group started to join, then as a result, he'll prolong the standing. When the second group are finishing their second rakat, due to that, he'll prolong the sitting. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, they're just they're just they're just two rows. So let's just say for example again, the two rows here. One row's facing this way, one row's facing that way. You understand? There's no split between them though, essentially. It's just the the only difference is the way they're facing. And not only difference, because the the difference is what the way they're facing and what they're doing. So this row is facing this way and praying the salah. This role is facing this way and the standing guard. But there's no split between them. So did they, let's say the uh, first role, did they turn around and face that way and where the enemies are? Yeah, so they, they swap around. No, so they swap around. So, so for example, you've got three brothers, four brothers here. No, they're praying one way. Four brothers here, they're praying, they're looking that way. Once he completes, he'll swap with him. He completes what's with him. He completes what's with him. No? And then the Imam will complete with that. Yeah. I think that's why I'm making confused, right? You mentioned only one way. No, so no. There are, there are many different ways. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, no. No, no. That's why it's confusing. That's why Shafi Mumta is... No. Everybody knows and everybody has to know this question. Oh, no, no. I thought you were asking about Tayyama. The Ah, no. No. So Maghrib. The Maghrib would be at would be essentially the same thing, however, two raqa'a with the Imam. The first group. The first group two raqa'a. And then they will swap around. And then they would pray one raqa'a with the Imam. The second group play one rakat of the imam and they complete by themselves. So when the imam does the stream, they stand up. They stand up and they complete by themselves. Wow. Okay.
No. What Ibn Qudama mentions at the end about if the fear increases, yeah. then um, he praises his condition permits and yeah. he can do what he needs to do. Yeah. So let's say he's prayed and he does what he needs to do. Does he go back to the same prayer and you have to restart the prayer? Mm. If he's broken off from the prayer for a considerable amount of time, then you'd have to go over and start again. And then that's what's, that's what's apparent. Because he's broken off from the prayer. You'd have to start again. Muhammad,